Welcome to the Bookkeeper's Voice, an informative and entertaining podcast for bookkeepers who love small business. Each week, Amy Hook explores new ideas and shares real-life stories along with inspiring guests from both inside and outside the bookkeeping industry. Every episode will leave you with a fresh perspective along with industry-specific tips and insights to help your business and your clients' businesses thrive. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. Welcome to The Bookkeeper's Voice. Today, I am going to, or actually, I should say it's Amy Hook, because you guys have been been listening to my team, who have been uh, jumping in for me during such a busy time and actually running podcast episodes all without me. So um, I guess I should introduce and say, it's me, it's Amy, I'm back, and I've had... Um, a couple of weeks where the girls have stepped in, Angie and Myra have both stepped in and really just done an amazing job of, um, yeah, you know, like helping me um, during this busy time because obviously I had to focus a lot on um, the bookkeeping business. So I'm going through my um, list of questions um, here. I've got a whole list of questions. So yeah, I should introduce and say what today's about. Today is just answering your questions about navigating coronavirus so what that navigating coronavirus is a weekly session that we run every single tuesday at 12 o'clock 12 o'clock melbourne sydney tasmania time and what happens is on those sessions so it's an it's a co-working group so what we do in those sessions is we actually help you work on your business um, and it's all about um, navigating coronavirus at the moment so we're doing all sorts of different topics we have talked about um, helping your clients with their cash flow, um, supporting your clients emotionally, um, you know, directing them to help if they need to do, um, if they've got mental health um, struggles. Um, we've got all the specifics around the job keeper. Uh, we've talked about like journal entries in zero and how to set up the new accounts and setting up, you know, set up set up your accounting software in order to. Um, you know, be able to do all of the entries that are coming through. Uh, what else have we done? We've just done so many topics. We've also talked about pricing, how to price one-off JobKeeper jobs, um, and we've talked about all. Um, we've talked about getting the authority documents signed, and also I've given away all the templates that I'm normally using for all of this stuff as well, which is really cool. So, um, if you want to actually get into um, some of this. Um, it's all been recorded in our portal. So you can go to the savvybookkeeper.com.au forward slash coronavirus and you can actually register for any upcoming session. And as soon as you register for a session, you'll get access to the portal and all the past templates and you'll be able to jump in there and start to um, you know, work your way through. Obviously, some of the earlier stuff, you know, was where everything was kind of evolving. So there'd be some information in there that's probably outdated now, but some of the more current stuff is still um, completely relevant. And some of it's just, you know, stuff that you're always going to find helpful in your business. And of course, you know, there's templates in there that um, can really... Um, yeah, just help you on an ongoing basis. So what I'm going to be doing today is the questions are going to be coming from the Navigating Coronavirus group. So when people join the group every week, they're basically submitting questions that they want answered. So I'm going to run through and answer some of those questions. And also, um, for those of you who were in the Facebook group, yesterday, um, you'll actually notice that um, I 
recorded this podcast episode yesterday and I live streamed it into the Savvy Bookkeeper Facebook group, also known as I Love Bookkeeping. Um, so if you want to jump into that group, if you're not already, you can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Savvy Bookkeeper and jump in there and you can actually watch the video. Um, so because I might even share my screen today, who knows? We'll, we'll see how this goes, but Going forward in the next coming weeks, I'm going to be live streaming all of my podcast episodes with myself and the team straight into the Facebook group. And this is kind of all part of um, how the Savvy Bookkeeper group is evolving over the next little season. We've kind of recalibrated during coronavirus downtime and we've got a little bit of a plan up our sleeves, which everybody in the group should probably be aware of now because I've done a few Facebook lives. But basically what we're doing is we're, the Savvy Bookkeeper group is going to become a members only space. So that means that we're going to be having a paid membership and what's going to be ending up in that Facebook group is going to be, you know, rather than you being in there and seeing like promotional posts offering this, that and the other, this is going to be a members group where we're just going to put all of our content into that group. And so we've got a few different levels of, um, joining you know we've got a nice basic entry level membership for those that just want to be in the group and then we have a whole tier of memberships for those that want access to all our templates or those who want a concierge service where we actually set the templates up in pandadoc as needed and some of the packages include mentoring or co-working and all sorts of different good stuff so i'm yeah very excited about that but i recommend that you get into the facebook group but keep in mind that it will be turning into a paid membership in the fairly near future. So um, if you want to get in there for free, um, obviously you can get in there now and then, you know, we'll be speaking to you in the upcoming little amount of time to be able to, um, yeah, find out more about what's involved in staying in the Facebook group. So as they say, without further ado, let's get into some of these questions. And now I haven't actually pre-read the questions, so we're going to be, it's going to be just as much as a surprise for me as it is for you. Um, so I'll do my best to answer the questions. If the questions become irrelevant, obviously I won't even read it out. Um, if anyone starts posting questions on the Facebook thread, I'll throw in those because obviously that's going to, um, you know, there'll be some of the more up-to-date relevant questions. And then, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So let's do it. All right, so here we go. What kind of questions are people wanting? And so the two questions we ask them are what are your specific questions that you like answered? And what are your main concerns this week regarding COVID-19? All right, so the first, the main concern that really is standing out to me is how often people are saying their main concern is how to help their clients. So obviously today's episode is going to be really focused on the clients. And look, I understand that as bookkeepers, we all need support for ourselves, which is what, you know, what this is. And that's what navigating coronavirus is for. But the thing that I'm always emphasizing in the groups is that it's, all about our clients and it's all about you know using this season to reposition our value as well which is really I think really important especially for those of us who have struggled I mean I guess we all have at some point have struggled with um, 
yeah, just, you know, trying to get clients to understand the value. Whereas I think during this season, you know, it's been really a great way to um, demonstrate how much we help small businesses. So, okay, so I'm looking through these questions and some of them are all about understanding what the stimulus packages are. So we all should know what they are by now, but obviously they probably, maybe they're bringing out some more. But the main ones that we've been all struggling with are um, the JobKeeper, that's been the, probably the most painful one, followed by the ATO cash flow boost, um, which was kind of an initial wave of pain when we had clients, you know, asking us to do the dodgy or accountants putting pressure on us to try and do, um, you know, kind of manipulate the data and things like that. So we've kind of moved past that season and we're all celebrating because everyone's got their job keepers in, but the reality is I'm still getting inquiries for job keepers and so are other people. So last week's or this week's navigating coronavirus session, we talked all about how to price these one-off packages and offer this as a one-off service. So I'm going to clear that one off the list. Um, all right. So one of the questions that is already coming through, oh yeah, there's some funny ones in here. Am I overreacting? So that was obviously at the start and, you know, we all worked out after a couple of sessions that no, you're not overreacting. <laughs> um, cool. What else have we got here? So the next question is, um, I saw a good one. Where did it go? How do I help my clients manage their cash flow during this time? So, Okay, firstly, that is a very good question because that is a question that every client has needed help with. Um, so I can give a couple of examples of types of things that are going on where the clients need to manage their cash flow. And obviously because, you know, like obviously one of the main reasons is like, is my business going to survive for this season? And so what I did was I de I've developed a template, like a cash flow projection template. It's quite a simple one. It's one that the client can use themselves. And I'm actually going to be giving that away in next week's session where I'm going to be doing a full tutorial on how to actually use this and how to, you know, show your clients how to do it. I'll show you what your part is. And then there's a part that your client can probably contribute to themselves. And so I'll be able to give you that little spreadsheet and it factors in all of the JobKeeper payments and it also, um, you know, the ATO payments, what calculates what their debt is going to be at the end of all of this. And um, if, you know, if they're going to end up with an ATO debt and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, like the question to how do I help my clients manage their cash flow? Well, the first thing is you really need to have like a good little template. And then what you need to be able to do, you need something that's simple and not too overly complex. And you need something that's going to factor in all of the different things that you need to put in there, which you won't find in regular cash flow. Um, forecasts, you know, you're going to have these extra things that need to go in there, like the, you know, the job keepers and, um, you know, how many staff are going to be on the job keeper and, you know, how much of the, you know, other, is their debt going to, do they have, um, is their payable going to, how much of the, their GST payable is going to write off that amount that gets paid to them from the um, PAYG um, cash flow stimulus, which most business owners should probably have by now if they've lodged their BAS early. Um, and then obviously they'll be getting the boost in a couple of months' time. So I guess the first key to managing the cash flow is to be able to know what are all of the things that need to kind of go in there. 
Um, so I guess the next thing that would go in there is really just like, what are their ongoing expenses going to be? Um, uh, you know, because some people are working on cutting down some costs during this season. So what are those costs that they just cannot get rid of? Um, you know, what are they projecting their income to be? Um, most people will have a bit of an idea based on what's been happening in the last couple of months based on how many quotes they've put out, based on how many tenders that they're going forward, based on, you know, they'll have all sorts of different reasons or ways to kind of predict how much they think, you know, how many bookings they're getting and things like that. So you need to be able to have all of that information um, handy, which means that you're probably going to have to cover a couple of sessions with them. So if you're on a fixed fee, obviously you can, you can charge for that. And if you're just doing the hourly rate, um, you know, I'm sure you probably have a consulting rate that you can use for that, but I would recommend that you just say to your clients, look, would it help you at all if we got together, um, just to work through this little cash flow um, projection, which is basically just going to show you your bank balance over a period of time so that you can work out, you know, how long your the cash that you've got in the bank is going to last you. Um, another good way to manage, help clients manage their cash flow is with the ATO cash flow coaching kit. Um, so if you go to the ATO website or if you just Google ATO cash flow coaching kit, um, I'm actually going to do it right now, ATO cash flow um, kit. So you might have already done this. If you've already done the training, so on that cash flow kit page, if you scroll down, there's some webinars and there's a one called cash flow kit, one hour introductory session. They, it also says in-depth session, but that there's nothing available on that link that I can see. Um, so what you do is you just go to that initial one and you register for it. It's a one hour webinar where they give you the basics of what the cash ATO cash flow kit is. And then you can, once you've done that, you can also order the cash flow coaching kit from the ATO publication ordering service where you have to be logged in as a BAS agent. Um, and then you can order that publication um, in there. So I'll like I'll include all of the links to find that. Or if you no, actually I'm not going to give you the links. Like if you sign up for navigating coronavirus, you'll be able to get in there and get all of the links um, because I've gone through this in quite a bit of detail um, in a cup over a couple of sessions. Once you've got the cash flow kit ordered, it's actually a paper copy, but there is a digital copy available. So all you need to do is once you've done that initial training, send an email to cashflowcoachingkit at ato.gov.au. You'll find that on their page and you'll also get a reminder inside the Navigating Coronavirus portal. And you'll be able to contact them and ask them, can I get an access to the digital version of which they'll then get you to attend a second training session, like an onboarding session. So that's another one hour session where they show you inside the digital portal and they show you how to use it. And then within 24 hours, they ask, they request some information from you and then they set you up with a login and then you're in. So it's pretty cool. Like it's a bit, I don't know, I find it, the portal is a little bit outdated. So, <laughs> um, but that's just me personally, but I still think that there's some good learning to happen in there. And I'm sure that there's ways that you can use the knowledge that you can get from that portal to be able to help your clients and manage their cash flow. So that is a great question. And I think I've answered it. I hope so. Um, so yeah, let's see what the next question is. Okay. 
Okay, so people were asking about how to handle employee entitlements if they were stood down. So I think we've kind of moved on past that because most people are re-engaging because of the job keeper. Um, but the whole deal with that is that their entitlements continue even if they're stood down without pay. So I believe that's still current. Um, what else? What other questions have we got here? Um, all right, we had a few questions around what needs to be done in-house to keep your staff um, safe and so for many of us we still we actually work remotely so I'm assuming that that's been quite an easy transition for us a lot of business owners are really really struggling with going to the whole you know like moving to digital and having to do that like I know I had to make an appointment with my GP and they were really struggling like yeah it was just a bit of a bit of a schmozzle so um, you know, we take for granted how that we're working online remotely. We know how to use Zoom. Uh, we know how to use Loom. We know how to use all of these online apps and forms and things like that. Whereas there's other people really struggling out there. So I see that as an opportunity for us as well. Uh, something that we take for granted, but that others are like, how do we do this? Um, so I would say most people, staff, you know, are safe in-house as obviously that question was probably asked before the business world kind of shut down uh, and then obviously how to cope with the financial changes within the business well I think I've covered that in the cash flow question um, you know everything that you teach your clients you should be applying this in your own business so set that cash flow template up for your own business first that'll give you a good practice of doing it and then work on it with your clients um, and again with the cash flow coaching kit for the ATO all right, what else have we got? Okay, oh, I love this one. And I also covered this in Navigating Coronavirus session. Um, I don't remember which session number. I think we're up to number eight. So I reckon it was number five or six. So how do I deal with clients asking for reduced fees? Um, and... Yeah, so I did cover that in detail. And the, the basic answer to that question is don't reduce the fees, change the scope. And what you'll find is many business owners are feeling like, oh, I don't really want to pay my full bookkeeping fees because they know their transactions are down, but they won't know how much work you're doing in the background on other things that you might not be engaged for already, like payroll related stuff or anything to do with JobKeeper applications. They're not going to know unless you tell them. So what you need to do is, so in that coronavirus session, I gave an email template that I've been using with clients when they request to answer, uh, reduce their fees. So you can actually use that template. And if you decide not to go in to do that and get access to the templates, well, all you need to do is write your own. So the gist of it is that you just, you, you just mentioned to them, you know, and for anyone that wants to cancel as well. So I had a template for someone that wants to cancel. You need to let them know that you're the key person in their business that they're going to need help from at the moment. And by now, like where we've reached in this journey, probably a lot of people are starting to be aware of it. So I think that will help you with those conversations. I managed to salvage or recover because at the start I was like, yeah, fine. Like I halved fees for a couple of people, but then I was able to come back to them and say, actually, um, you know, um, if you need help with this, this and this, what we're going to do is reduce the scope for bookkeeping, but we're going to add in the payroll stuff that you're really going to need. And all, nearly all of them went for it. There was only one client who's like, I still need to cancel. And that client was someone who was really experiencing a financial hardship. Her husband had lost his job. 
um, in the process as well and they'd moved home with his parents. So, you know, obviously assess it on a case-by-case basis, but I can guarantee you people are saying that they don't want to pay for some of their fees and things like that. Um, but really because they're worried, it's not because they don't have the money, it's because they're scared. And so I think that, um, yeah, you know, I think if you can just remember that there's a few industries that have been hit really hard, but I can guarantee you a lot of people have more money in their bank than they have before. So, um, I think you need to be honest and upfront with your clients and you also need to encourage them to not see you as just another expense in their business. So this is a great opportunity to go, Hey, like, hang on, why would you get rid of your bookkeeper at like the most busy time that you're going to need them? And, you know, even let them know, like I said in my emails, like you're, this is when you're going to need the most help from me. And I like, I really want to help you, but I can't work for free. So they get that, you know, they don't like working for free either. So if you can be honest with your clients, I think that is the key to this whole fee reduction. Have an honest conversation with them. Um, And obviously send the email, like I've got the email template, but I recommend that you get on the phone with them. So, you know, like I tend to be the kind of person where like I'll send the email and give them a phone call or vice versa to follow up. But it's really good if they can hear your voice and they know that you're not mad or defensive or anything like that it just really actually helps a lot so there you go so that's a really good one there so um all right how do i provide hope and a cash flow plan for my clients to get through this yep so we've pretty much covered that and i love how they've asked how do i provide hope because you know i guess that's what it's all about like it's all nice to go there there this too shall pass but what will give people hope is facts and figures and numbers where they can see okay i'm going to run out of money in july that's what people want to know that's they'll get hope <laughs> not from fluffy sentiments they'll get hope from having clarity around where they're at financially and what you know when they're going to run out of money so um, give your clients hope by giving them a lovely spreadsheet Um, showing them when they're going to run out of money or showing them that they're not going to run out of money, (laughs) I should say. Um, Beautiful. All right. What else have we got here? Um, How do, how do I process the JobKeeper payment? So I don't know exactly what the person meant by that, but I'm going to just read into it and just use that to answer like kind of anything that I can think of with regard to how do I process the JobKeeper payment. So I'm going to assume that they mean how do I do the entries in the data file? So again, we covered that in the Navigating Coronavirus session this week. Um, So I've actually helped a number of bookkeeping clients um, to, I've done some uh, quite a few one-off JobKeeper jobs where I've had to kind of jump in and help them, you know, set things up in their data file. I got to use some software that I haven't used before, so I got to use Sasu, which was fun. Um, but anyway, it's pretty much the same regardless of which data file you're in. So the softwares have either, like how Zero have, they've created a pay item. So you can go into the settings, pay, payroll settings, and you can go into the pay items and create a new pay item. Zero's already got one there. I don't know about the other softwares, but I know with Sasu that this particular client had to set her one up 
herself, but they gave instructions on how to do it. You know, go here, click on this, add this line in and tick these boxes. That's pretty much it. Um, so that's pretty much it. You know, whatever software you're using, just search their help and find out how to add in that JobKeeper top-up item. So this is for where you're having to record the difference between the hours that they actually worked and then topping up to the 1500 if their hours mean that they get paid less than what the JobKeeper is. And then obviously the hours that they've worked has superannuation on it and the top-up amount for the JobKeeper doesn't have superannuation on it. So when you're setting up that code, you want it to basically be like not calculating super on the top up portion. Um, whereas if you're paying the staff the full amount, you just pay them their full amount. So, um, yeah. So actually I didn't even know, I didn't even know if anyone's splitting it the other way. So for example, those who get paid more, I don't know, actually I have no idea if anyone's doing that. I, I haven't had to, I haven't done it. If you just go in and you go, um, job keeper and then whatever they get paid above and beyond the job keeper. I don't know. I'd like, to be honest, I don't really understand like why there even has to be separate pay items for it. Like I kind of get it and it helps you to break it up, but I don't know if that's going to be like reported to the ATO via single touch payroll. I'm not really sure. So um, that's a bit awkward, but I just don't know the answer to where if they're getting paid over, but I'm sure somebody will know. <laughs> I'm sure someone will let me know before next week. And if you're watching live on the live stream, just chuck the answer on there because that would be really helpful. Um, beautiful. All right. So with the um, job keep, okay. Yep. So how to process the job keeper payment. So the other thing I'm going to assume that this is what they mean is how do I process the actual payment that I receive when it hits the bank? So I also included, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, oh, I, love, I love Facebook Lives. I can actually get an answer to my question. Yeah, so Terry Wilson's confirmed um, what I just said in that, no, you, you only have to do the JobKeeper code if it's short paid, but if they're getting their full salary, it just goes to their normal ordinary time earnings. So that's good. Ah, oh, cool. I love this new system. This is fun. Um, so that's it. That's the answer on how to process the JobKeeper payment from that. But the other thing is, how do you actually record the um, journal entry or the spend money entry or, you know, how do you record it when it hits the bank? Not just the JobKeeper, but this is actually, it becomes a little bit more complicated when you're recording the entry for the, um, what do you call it? The, the ATO stimulus, because it's a net amount. And so I actually jotted down, I shared with the group, yes, um, on Tuesday, how to actually do the journal entry. So I'll just tell you now. So obviously when the JobKeeper hits the bank account, you're just going to do a straight spend money to a new income account. And oh, this is going to be one where I need to ask another question to the group because I needed to clarify this one too. So you set up an income account and you just call it JobKeeper income or whatever you want. I've been setting it up as Bass Excluded. So I believe that it's accessible income, but I'm not 100% sure if you need to report it on the Bass. So if anyone knows the answer to that question, I would love if you let me know, um, is it GST free or is it Bass Excluded or also known as n dash t non-taxable if you're a myob user um and i don't know what other softwares call it i think um sasu calls it um they just call it like pay i, I used in sasu the, the payroll 
there's a code called payroll super and other. <laughs> so I just put it to that. Um, as in, you know, when you um, pay your superannuation, for example, doesn't get recorded on the BAS. So I just sort of treated it the same way, but obviously it's an income. So if anyone has the answer and um, just post that on the Facebook live and I'll just kind of update in the process um, because I want to know, does the income get reported on the BAS or not? <laughs> Good question to ask but for now my call is that no it doesn't get reported on the bass it's not um it's not um you know it's it's not taxable income in terms of you know goods and services tax yep okay cool so terry's commented again icb recommends bass excluded at this stage as i don't think that the ato have actually clarified it um and they might not clarify it. i think what we probably need to do instead is i've got these things sent here I think what we probably need to do instead is dig into our master GST guide, <laughs> um, you know, or maybe for those of you who have a master tax guide, it's probably going to come down more to the what, what, what classifies as income. Um, but yeah, I guess in the GST guide, it's like what, what counts as a taxable income. So I might actually have a little bit of a sneak preview in there and see if I can update anything from what that recommendation is. But my gut feeling is, BAS excluded um, and verified by the ICB. So thumbs up ICB and thumbs up Terry Wilson, what a legend. So, so this is how you do it. I'm going to actually give you the journal entries um, for, um, and obviously you're going to have this set up in different ways, but I'm going to give you the journal entries for the ATO stimulus. So JobKeeper straightforward. When it hits your bank account, you're just going to do, um, you're just going to, categorize it or you're just going to allocate it like a spend money against the JobKeeper income. So that's straightforward. The second one that you're going to do, again, another um, chart of accounts account called ATO stimulus um, or whatever you want to call it. And you'll find that you'll have the same with those apprenticeship incentives. So that's, I've set them up as different accounts, set them all up as BAS excluded. Um, so the uh, apprentice incentive one is completely straightforward. Again, it's just exactly the same as the job keeper, just a straight spend money into the account. The one that's not straightforward is the, um, uh, what do you call it? The one, the eight, I keep forgetting the name, the ATO stimulus, or it's going to apply to the boost as well, where you um, are only getting the net amount in your bank account. So what that net amount is made up of is... <laughs> Oh, receive money. Oh my gosh, I love Facebook Live. Sorry, I keep saying spend money, but I mean receive money. So Terry's got my back there and now she's laughing at me. Yep, so you enter it as a receive money. All right, so I, so the journal entries go a little bit like this. I did actually save it, so I don't have to remember it off the top of my head, but what I did was I did it off the top of my head. So I'm going to say, when it hits your bank, it's debiting the bank account, right? So you've got debit bank for whatever amount. So I'm going to use an example where the person's obviously getting $10,000, but their GST, um, we're going to say $10,000, but they ended up receiving back in their bank account eight, uh, what's a good figure, nice easy figure to use, 7,500. So you're going to debit, debit, debit the bank 7,500 
Um, and so what that's going to do is that's going to be hitting your bank account. And then what you need to do is you need to get the full $10,000 into the income account and you need to clear out the GST and the PAYG. Okay. So for the sake of this example, it's quite funny doing this um, on a podcast. So I hope that you're following me. You've got a pen and paper, but if not, get in the Facebook group and you can rewatch it or watch the navigating coronavirus thing where I actually show you the entries. Okay, so we're gonna say $10,000 is the cash boost, 7,500 is the net amount. So we can infer from there that the total BAS payable is 2,500. Then you need to work out what the split was. How much was the PAYG and how much was the net GST? Or in the cases of softwares like SASU or MYB, you need to get the GST on sales and the GST on purchases as two separate items. All right, so what you're gonna do is you're gonna go, all right, so let's say out of the 2,500, we're going to go, um, oh my gosh, here we go. This is putting me on the spot. We're going to go 3000 Let's say there was $3,000 GST on sales. Um, oh, $2,000 GST on purchases. All right, nice and easy. So they had $1,000 payable for the bass. And then they had 25, whatever the difference is. So their net GST is $1,000. And then their, so that makes their PAYG 1500. All right. So <laughs> I'm actually typing this out as we go, because I'll copy and paste it and send it to you if you haven't had a chance. All right. So how are we going to do this journal entry? There's a couple of ways, depends on which software you're in. Um, and there's also a couple of ways that you can do it, but I wouldn't make a big deal about it, right? So the way that I would do it, so I have the ATO integrated a client account set up as a liability account in order to, so what I do is when the BAS gets entered at the, you know, where on the BAS due date, you're, you're actually entering in to clear out the G, net GST and the PAYG from those accounts the date that the BAS lodgement um, quarter, that the BAS quarter ends, right? So in my scenario, all I need to do is, um, I, I need to actually transfer that $750 needs to go into the ATO, um, it needs to get go into the ATO integrated client account because that's actually where it's coming from. And so then in there, you're gonna have the, you're then going to go into the ATO integrated client account and then you need to then get the income in. You need the $10,000 income needs to be recognized as income. So the other side of that journal is going to be 10,000. So it's going to be um, debit um, ATO liability account, 10,000. And then it's going to be credit the, um, oh my gosh, I keep forgetting the names of things. It's going to be credit ATO, um, credit the income. So it's going to be credit that new income account called ATO stimulus, right? So effectively what that's doing, so keeping in mind that you've already entered the BAS as a, as a journal into the, you know, whatever you call it, account, um, the, into the, from the ATO integrated account to clear out the GST, right? If you're in a situation where you haven't yet done that and you just want to, like, for example, with SASU, you enter from the bank feed as a journal, right? So you've got to do the whole lot in one shebang, right? So what you're doing is effectively that journal is debiting the bank for the 7,500. So then what you also, what you want to do is you want to get in there. So you need a credit of the income account, which is $10,000. 
um, then you need to, uh, which way do my debits and credits go? So we're going to go debit the PAYG payable. PAYG payable, and that's going to be the 1500. And then we're going to um, credit the net, uh, debit the net GST. And that's going to be $1,000. And then obviously that's going to all add up. So 7,500 debit plus 1,500 debit plus 1,000 debit um, is the opposite side, is the $10,000 credit onto the income account. Now, if you need to split your GST between GST on, um, on sales and purchases, then all you do is instead of debiting net GST $1,000, you're going to debit uh, GST on sales by 2000 and you're going to credit <laughs> the GST on purchases by $1,000 and that's going to be your whole journal entry. Okay. So there's going to be a few different ways that you do that depending on how you, you know, reconcile your ATO account. Um, and I have actually have some exciting news. I'm going to be doing an ATO integrated ac client account reconciliation masterclass for those of you who actually need a little bit of um, TLC in that area to kind of get your head around that because it can be a bit of a pain. So anyway, I hope you're following me. Is everyone following me? Yep. Okay, cool. Yep. So Terry Wilson, she uses an IC, um, ICA account. And so she just does the journal entry, credit the 10,000, debit the 10,000, which is perfectly fine, creates the BAS journal as per normal, and then receive money for the fund directly to the ICA account, which is the first option that I mentioned. Beautiful. All right, cool. We're all on the same page and everyone's following. So I will actually post those journal entries on the comments. All right. So I'll, um, I'll tidy it up a little bit because I was sort of typing as I go and I will post it onto the thread. Um, the different scenarios. So I'll say, if you have an ICA account, um, then this is how you do it. Well, you pretty much just do what Terry said. Um, and if you have to do, you know, if you're sort of doing it all in one go and you're doing a journal entry, then you can, you can do the whole lot in one go. The reason I prefer to do it Terry's way is because um, I want the GST and PAYG account to clear out on the date that the BAS period closes. So I always do my, my, um, my transaction between the ICA account, I always date that the date of the last day of the quarter that it relates to so that it clears the GST. Beautiful. All right. Absolutely rocking the suburbs here. So um, how's everyone finding this? I don't know if anyone else is there except for Terry, but I'm so glad you're there, Terry. I'm really happy about this. Um, Beautiful. Okay. So that's it. That's how to process the JobKeeper payment. And we got through all of those answers. And I even got my questions answered, which is really cool. Beautiful. So what other questions have we got here? Now we've been going for about 37 minutes on this recording, I think. So probably just have a few more questions. And no one's asking any on the thread. So um, yeah, so I'll just keep going. I'll pick a couple of good ones in here. Let's see. Um, all right. Oh, some people are just saying nothing. Uh, cash flow. It's all it's all about cash flow and JobKeeper, pretty much. Um, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I found this question. Okay, so this person is saying, well, it's actually what they're saying. Their main concern is, but they're concerned about the effects on the bookkeeping industry and businesses and what the future holds, and also um, what, yeah, like whether it's going to affect outsourcing. Um, <laughs> 
and um, you know whether it's going to make people want to do things in-house and how can we strengthen things in Australia to keep the business here for the future working remotely and everything you yeah like everything that you need to know to work as a sole trader in this business in the future I think that's just a, such a good question to end on so, all right. So firstly, I'll just let you know, I don't have a crystal ball. Um, also, I'm not into that kind of thing, but whatever floats your boat. Um, so basically, I, my point is, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know exactly what's going to happen in the future. So, you know, like I can, I can go off of what my kind of gut feeling is around the coronavirus. Like, um, you know, I think that, um, I see it as an opportunity. I guess that's the short of it. I see this crisis as an opportunity for bookkeepers to establish their credibility as real professionals. You know, I've had, um, there's been people coming to me because their accountants quoted them $1,500 to do their JobKeeper application. And I'm doing it for, I do, I do them for four ninety five, which is still a decent amount of money, but it's nowhere near as much. And I just don't think it's necessary to charge people that amount of money like obviously they're getting $19,000 out of it and I get the value but you still got to kind of meet people where they're at so for me personally I think it's been an opportunity to assess my cred my own credibility so for example when that first client messaged me and said they wanted to cancel their fees I was like it was like an eye-opener for me I was like uh I'm like the key person in your business who you need right now why would you do that and it was sort of like a, hang on, I want to sip my tea. <laughs> it was sort of like a, it was a real kind of uh, eye opener for me to realize, to start to kind of like, you know, claim the authority that I've actually been given, right? So as a BAS agent, you have a level of authority that others don't have. And I'll give you some examples in a minute. But I think that when we talk about communicating our value and strengthening our industry and you know um, being able to build our credibility it comes down to recognizing what authority like it's not us in and of ourselves like me amy hook like i don't really have any authority over anybody in this you know in this space unless i can prove that i'm like special or something like that but what i do have authority with as a BAS agent, my BAS agent registration gives me authority that's granted to me by the tax practitioners board and as a result, the ATO, right? So if I come along, so I gave this example on Tuesday, if I go into a Facebook group and someone's asked a question about JobKeeper as they have been, and this person asks a question and then 50 people flock onto the post and give a whole bunch of incorrect advice or just give like dumb answers or reply that they don't know either. And then you've even got accountants and bookkeepers coming onto those posts and saying things like, if you need an accountant, I can help you. If you need a bookkeeper, I can help you. I don't think that any of, I don't think any of that is helpful. And this is what I've been doing. And it's only through this experience of going, okay, what, like I'm actually here as an authority figure on this topic like not only do I know what I'm talking about but I have permission from the man upstairs um, <laughs> and when I say the man upstairs I mean um, the ATO not God um, <laughs> and so basically don't want to get those two confused 
and basically you're going to um you're going to come in and you know like you're going to actually like wield your authority right this is how you're going to do it so this is what i've been doing you come into a facebook thread where all these people are giving terrible advice or don't know what they're talking about or trying to promote their services and you say something like this i go um hey i'm a registered bass agent for the tax practitioners board right that's how i've been introducing myself on facebook posts I'm a registered bass agent with the tax practitioners board, right? It's not enough for me to just say I'm a registered bass agent because people are like, what's that? Right? So what you do is you tie the two together and you're like, I'm a ba registered bass agent. Well, says who? The tax practitioners board. Okay. People might not know what the tax practitioners board is, but even just saying the name, it sounds official, right? So you can say I'm a registered bass agent for you could say you could say for the ato if you wanted to but what i'm saying is you've got to tie it into something that gives you credibility as soon as you say that you're a registered bass agent for the tax practitioners board um or registered bass agent with the tax practitioners board i should say people like whoa this person knows what they're talking about and then what you get to do is you get to say what you need to say with credibility and i guarantee you you'll be the only person on that post that anyone will listen to and i guarantee you that people will private message you and they will ask for your help and they won't they, they'll not only ask for your help but people will see that like people whose post, not just the person who's posting, but the people reading it will also message you to get help. All right. And you don't just have to apply this to JobKeeper. This also can apply to your ongoing life as a BAS agent, right? You need to actually recognize where your credibility stands. And, you know, like, because people, like they understand, like if you say you're a CPA, People know what that means. They, that, they know that that means like a, you know, like a qualified accountant kind of thing. So you've got, you know, if you're not a CPA, then, you, you know, there's other things that you can leverage as a bookkeeper. You don't need to be a C CPA, but if you're a BAS agent, in the past, we've never really thought that that was that meaningful. But if you use it in the correct way, basically what you're saying is I am an authority on this subject and the reason that i'm an authority on the subject not because i'm like really smart or anything like that but because i have inside knowledge as a bass agent i receive training that nobody else receives on these topics and i am authorized by the tax practitioners board which is basically the board that is responsible and accountable to the ato for regulating those who are allowed to be registered as tax practitioners or agents right so i've started to notice in facebook groups that people were saying like they'd say oh have i missed the cutoff date and others would come in and say oh it's okay as long as you lodge through an agent right so people are starting to talk about agent they might not know bass agent they might know tax agent like someone said to me the other day i said do you have i was doing a quote and i said do you have an accountant and they said oh yeah or oh, they're not really an accountant they're just a tax agent right so people know that there's an accountant they know that there's a tax agent and the kind of cool thing about that is it's like accountant in the business owner's mind accountants up here and tax agents sort of like a little bit lower in rank whereas with a bookkeeper i think it's bookkeeper here bass agent is higher in authority so i'm saying like don't be afraid to actually like take that authority and say this is it, right? 
So I know that this has been a bit of a sideways answer to the question, how can we strengthen things in Australia to keep businesses, the businesses here for the future? Well, I think it just ties into what I said in that once you start, once you recognize your authority and you start to yield that authority, you'll get people's ears listening. And once their ears are listening, once you've got them listening, then you can do the work with them that you've always wanted to do. You know how you say, oh, I wish clients would listen to me when I talk to them about wanting to do a budget. And it's like, well, at the moment, people are all ears. Like, I guarantee you, I was able to say to some of my clients, look, I, I said this to the first client who I went through the cash flow process with. I said to her, um, I just, um, yeah, like I basically just said, you, you need to... Um, Oh my gosh, sorry. I've lost my train of thought because I'm trying to look at this question. Um, I said, I'm actually, I know this is going to sound bad, but I actually think it was a good thing that this crisis happened to your business. And do you know why? I could see the trajectory that you're on, right? Like you purchased a new business and you were like, you were rolling in it. Like, you know, your business took off and you had all this money coming in and I could just see where this was heading because you were burning through that cash. Like there was no tomorrow. Like you were just having a party, like, you know, whatever, like, you know, like um, I'm thinking like, you know, how Scrooge like swims in his, um, his swimming pool or his bath full of money kind of thing. And I said to her, you know, I'm really sort of glad that this has happened, even though I'm not happy that this has happened to your business. I think what you are now doing with me is that you are laying the foundation for the future of your business, right? So you're not going to be just throwing money away anymore. You're going to be really smart about your money. You're going to have a budget in place. You're going to stick to it. And, you know, I think, and she was like, yeah, I totally agree with you. I just... You know, and it's been the same situation with so many of the clients since that, you know, these are people that it's been like, hey, like, I'd love you to come and do some of this type of work with me. And they're like, nah, nah, you know, I just look at the bank balance. But the moment the bank balance looks like it's that threat, it's like, please help me. I need to know what my bank balance is going to look like in the future. So I think that to me, that is the key, um, you know, like, yeah. I think that, I think that's what it comes down to, you know, I've sort of come up with this new little slogan for, for Savvy. Lately, I've been saying that, you know, what we do at Savvy is we equip, we educate and we empower bookkeepers to deliver a high quality service to their clients, right? So that's what it's all about. It's about equipping. So like, what's that? Equipping is giving someone the tools and educating is giving them the knowledge and empowering them, well, I think that kind of falls into two things. It falls into support and it, in, in it, and it also crosses over into accountability. So I would say empowerment is about support, but not just like they're there, support, I'm going to encourage you, make you feel good, but it's like also accountability. So I reckon the key to strengthening things for Australian businesses is equipping, educating and empowering. That's it. What do you think? I know there's a couple of people on the thread now, so if you can just let me know how you're rolling with this episode today, I'd love to just kind of get some little comments um, and encouragements to kind of pass on to the audience while I just give one last check to make sure there's no super important questions on the list. 
and I know who's there on the post. So if you don't write a nice comment, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, yep, I'll know who you are. <laughs> so, all right, here we go. Charging for JobKeeper, we've already covered that. I'm just gonna quickly run through this last. Oh, thanks, Amy, Terry said thanks. Okay, cool, that's good. Good stuff. So I think that's pretty much everything. Um, I don't know if anyone's gonna put any compliments in there. Terry said thanks, so I'll take that as a compliment. Um, and that's it. I am going to see you next week. Well, I won't see you, but you'll hear me and you'll see me because I'm going to be live in the Facebook group. <laughs> so until then, stay savvy. <laughs> Have a good week. Thank you for listening to The Bookkeeper's Voice. We'll be back next week, so subscribe to future episode notifications. Do you want to be more efficient? Get instant access to our free template of the month. Visit thesavvybookkeeper.com.au slash freebie. Would you love to connect with other Savvy Bookkeepers to get support and ideas? Join the Savvy Bookkeeper Facebook group. Do you need help with pricing, marketing, web design or business planning? Visit thesavvybookkeeper.com.au to see our services. Until next time, stay savvy.